Okay, reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 25, Text 7. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Am Charavatam Nagam. Aruyanu Braje Brajam. Marudganai Mahavegar Nanda Goshta Jikam Shaya. I will follow you to Braj riding on my elephant, Aravata, and taking me with me the swift and powerful wind gods to decimate the cowherd village of Nanda Maharaj. Omegana Timuranda Syagananjana Shalakaya. Taksur Unmalatam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupakadamayam Dati Sapadantitam Vanchakalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bayevaja Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Siyadvaita Gadadhar, Shivasade Gaur Bhaktivinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, greetings from Sham Ashram. We had a really um, Really wonderful retreat. Jure Bhattani Aditoshanani. Vidura, when he left on pilgrimage, he made that point. What is pilgrimage? Jure Bhattani Aditoshanani. He make a vow only for Krishna. And that's the practice of Krishna consciousness. I mentioned in the Yoga Sutras, it mentions that there's four things of practice. Um, concentration over a prolonged period of time without any interruption and in the right mood. And the right mood is very important because without the right intention, there won't be the determination for doing something without interruption over a prolonged period of time. Um, over a prolonged period of time. So, um, yeah, so these retreats where you're absorbed, and I gave a simple analogy and I've told it to you many times, but analogies are very powerful. They somehow, it's one of the pramanas analogy. It's it's just a way of, of putting something in another contents context that allows you by association to understand something. So what I wanted to try to figure out is why when there's concentration, there's fruition of devotion. Why does it take that kind of concentration? And uh, I gave the analogy of a um, 
a magnifying glass and you put it through the sun to, on a piece of paper, it doesn't burn immediately. So sometimes it takes concentration to bring out the um, power of uh, the, the result and the power of something. So you, it's really wonderful to see the transformation and how bhakti works. That's how the process of bhakti works. It's, it's worship and worship means we discussed this in one of our classes, upasana, asana, you sit. And, and, and an asana means someplace which is exclusive. And when you, and, and when something's exclusive and you use it for the purpose for which it's exclusive of, uh, again, it has that energy and, and the sitting becomes upasana, you sit near God. We're not separated from God by a physical distance because factually, God is consciousness. There's nothing separate from God. It's only in our consciousness that we see things separate from God. So what is turning to God? It means to focus on God. And when that happens, it reverses the whole material process because the whole material process it's this turning from God. And turning from God just means you don't want God and God fulfills that by an illusion. He fulfills, you, he fulfills your desire for control and enjoy, enjoyment by allowing you to have some territorial conception. To have a ter 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 territorial conception, you have to be an illusion. Because everything is owned by God. That's why it's so powerful being in Prabhupada's room because everything was so intensely in the service of Krishna. It was so intensely in the service of Krishna. So if you wanted to be the enjoyer and be in Prabhupada's room, you'd have to be in the illusion that it was in Prabhupada's room. If you wanted to be, if you, in that kind of circumstance, and wanted to satisfy your ego, then the only way to do that is to be in the illusion that it wasn't Prabhupada's room. So the only way to be the enjoyer and controller in this world is to be the, the be, be in the illusion that it's not Krishna's. And that's called Maya. Maya means not this, not what it is. You have to be in the illusion, Maya. It's not what it is. It's something else. And, and what's something else that it's not what it is, which is God, it's separate from God. And therefore I can have the sense of enjoyment and control, um, which is not happiness. Happiness is not a mental conception. Happiness is an ontological reality of connecting with God and connecting with God's pleasure potency. Uh, and, and, and the pleasure potency is, is love of Godhead. So when you have that sense, you also have a connection with God's energy of pleasure. Anything else is just a, a, a it, it's, not, it's not real pleasure. It's like dying of hunger and, and, and doing something else for pleasure. It doesn't work because there's something actually missing there. 
anyway, these retreats are, are wonderful. This has somehow or other has been my, my year of retreats. I mean, even in India, I usually, okay, do like Puri and Vrindavan. This time we have Puri, we had Vrindavan, we went Govardhan. Now we have a reach. We have we finished a retreat here in July. We'll have one in upstate New York that looks like it's going on. We have it'll be being sent out soon, and then probably Janmashtami and um, end of September, end of August, beginning of September. Not settled yet, but we'll probably have a retreat here again in Cali. Um, so. Uh, you know, I've been searching for a new subject. I did the Govardhan Leela, and um, it's Leela. And if it's Leela, you can just read it and relish it. But um, I tend to gravitate towards the stories which have more philosophical input. So I'm looking for something else, and and, and on Sunday, on Sunday, I'm going to begin something else. I was inspired by um, Binder Gopal's presentation, where he gave a summary of the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita. So I, I want to start the Brihat Bhagavatam Rita again. And I have a good strategy to present it because my thing is not reading, uh, it's explaining things. What we're going to do is every day, I have a very nice sod in the morning. I'm going to study the purports. Um, and then whatever I complete, I'll summarize the, the, the next day. So on Sunday, Rati, uh, you can put that down, the Brihad Bhagavatamrita part one, um, which is and we're starting with the introduction. So let's see, we'll read through this Govardhan Leela, which is really a, a spectacular bhavik, if there's such a word, because all the devotees, you know, they're taking shelter of Krishna, uh, fully taking shelter of Krishna. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's something when you know, in those type of culture, a young boy can't look at a young girl, and there's like separation, and and so that creates the parakia ras. Parakia means kia means to do paro means with another. Marriage is swakia. Swa means home. You do it your own. Parakia you do with another. And we understand in that kind of realm, that kind of risk involved increases the intensity of that relationship and uh but there's certain pastimes where krishna so universally saves you know he kills a demon here he kills a demon here but there are certain pastimes where he he saves the whole community of Raj from disaster and, and 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 the two ones I can think of are the Kaliyalila, where the Jamun is poisoned and all the coward boys die momentarily. Um, and it's it's threatening, you know, the very livelihood of the residents of Vrindavan. 
and therefore, you know, Krishna in front of all the residents of Vrindavan is near dead. And then as the hero, he, he escapes and he kills the demon. And even the gopis, who normally can't be looking, quote, looking at Krishna, and Krishna who can't normally be looking at the gopis, they can have that exchange because he's the hero and he's the hero of everyone. He's not playing the lover of the gopis, he's playing the hero of Vrindavan. And they all, and you can imagine from the ontological perspective, what is God's pleasure at that particular time? Because it's all the devotees pouring their heart out at once. The cows are, are even the cows are on the bank of the Jamuna and they're mooing in, 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 in uh, pain of Krishna, but at the same sense in love of Krishna. And the birds are just chirping in anxiety. And the cowherd boys are, are saying the mother is going to go in the water. The fathers want to save Krishna. They all faint. There's so much emotion. But it's all Krishna, 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 Krishna from perspective of all relationships. So it has a special kind of flavor in, 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 in Krishna Lila, as, did, as does Govardhan Lila. Because in Govardhan Lila also, it's a, it's a devastation of the whole brudge, the whole Vrindavan. The whole Vrindavan is, is being threatened with destruction from a Adi Daivaka, there's three types of distress, Adi Atmika, Adi Bhotika, Adi, Adi Daivaka. Adi Atmika, you know, distress from your own mind, Adi Bhotika, distress from others they cause you, and Adi Daivaka, the, the distress from the, um, the demigods. The whole thing. So it, it's just like today. I mean, unfortunately, um, what the people in Ukraine, I'm talking political things, I don't get into this, but the suffering is there. You know, people's places are being bombed. You know, I lived in a kind of a charmed generation and I'm conditioned to it. Because I'm, I, I was in a generation and I'm 73 years old. I didn't live through really a, a, a national tragedy. Well, maybe I did with Vietnam War, but we, we, we were the student deferments. Actually, I remember when they stopped the student deferments. I remember where I was. And there was, it was a lottery with your birthday. And if you came up, you would be drafted. And I remember sitting in the lounge of Hinman College in State University of New York at Binghamton. And we're listening over the radio as they are calling the, 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 the numbers. You can imagine someone who the loser who got the number right at the beginning. I was about 135, October 13th, you know, 
Um, so that kind of thing, I, you know, I, I read this sociologist, Malcolm Gladwell, he has different interesting points that I, I use applied to preaching and, and my intellectual life. And it was one thing where he was describing it was a relationship to a particular point of how you're invested in a truth is no limit to how you will resist the facts if your truth is wrong. It's a psychological phenomenon. It's unbelievable how powerful it is. They say in different like cults that he was describing where, you know, you know, spaceship with something and it doesn't come and they're watching the people and okay, it doesn't affect them. They're so invested in that truth. So it's um Krishna consciousness, we have Guru Sadhu and Shastra for that reason. We have checks on it. Because <laughs> you, you become invested in the wrong person. You need to have a check. So we have Guru Sadhu and Shastra. <laughs> but you become just so resistant. But it was describing that there was this bomber mission. They had a particular idea on how the war should proceed. And they would send these bombers to Germany specifically. It was a whole story, but they believed that they had this mechanism where they can determine the accuracy of the accuracy of the bomb. Otherwise, it used to be just destroy the whole place with billions of bombs, but like it's a whole thing. And you know, 25% of the people wouldn't come back. No. 25% of the planes were shot down and you knew it when you were going. Just imagine living in those kind of circumstances or, or, or bubonic plague or, or all the other things. So World War II, World War I was even worse. So all these kind of tragedies. So here it's reflected, this happens to the residents of Vrindavan because it's a universal destruction. It's the Sambhantaka clouds. But what's so interesting um, is, it's, it is why Krishna does that. And the interesting why Krishna does that is very interesting on that platform. The reason why Krishna does that, and, and the analogy is given just like hunger makes food taste better, distress increases the degree of shelter in the ultimate exercise. And this is on a high platform. This is beyond duality. What we always try to do to confuse ourselves intellectually is we take that realm and we judge it by the laws of material nature, how it works in this, this law. As if, as if anthropomorphic, that, that that world is based on how we're perceiving things here, we create that world. Though this world is a reflection of that. And therefore to take it down to this platform and judge it by these laws, you're gonna lose something. 
but at the same sense, how the world works here, because it's a reflection of that gives us a kind of lens, how we can understand and perceive that. But from that platform, there is this distress and the distress creates some flavor of shelter and an enhancement of love. So although it seems like, why is Krishna being so cruel? Because what I'm gonna read now, and I, to finish this story by, by next week, I'm gonna to have to read through it a little bit, is the uh, destruction and what the residents are feeling. You know, that wonderful devotee, Alexander Strain, who wrote those two beautiful, incredible dramas that he wrote. Best Krishna dramas I've ever seen. Um, uh, he was writing a third, and somehow he never got to it. People's lives take different directions. And he was going to write another drama. And because he was so creative, how he's going to do it, he wanted to write the Govardhan Leela from the perspective of the residents of Vrindavan. What was it from their perspective as their houses were being flooded? As there was no difference from the, 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 the low ground and the high ground as the waters was filling up. And as the, you know, the cows, they're just about to drown. What was, what was their bob? What were they feeling? What, what did they feel when, when Krishna finally lifted up that hill? And telling everybody to come take shelter inside. What were those emotions? And what were those emotions towards Krishna? He's not only a hero, but he's just so exquisite and so beautiful. He's the ultimate person of attractiveness to draw love and, and, and affection out of one's heart in every way. And we can't even quantify that. We can't quantify that in this world. We don't have a, 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 we can't quantify it. We can't quantify what spiritual blue looks like. Although we know that material blue is a reflection of spiritual blue, but we can't quantify what spiritual blue looks like. So here we'll, we'll start to read what happens. He says, I will follow you to Raj, riding on my elephant, Ayurveda, and taking with me the swift and powerful wind gods to decimate the cowherd village of Nanda Maharaj. Sukadeva Goswami said, on Indra's order, <clears throat> the clouds of universal destruction released untimely from their bonds went to the cowherd pastures of Nanda Maharaj. So these are the untimely. This is at the end of the universe. They're waiting. That's what their job is. Now, untimely, they're released. Which also shows you, even in devotees, and we see it in the devotee community, is, hey, when you have attachment to ego or things, and it's frustrating, you can become demoniac. 
<laughs> you can become bewildered. You can become hateful. You can become anything but a devotee. And even it happens to intra. You know, when Akinchana Krishna, he gave this, uh, he gave this seminar in Puri on passage meditation. So I, I wrote about it because I tried, it was very effective. So I, I just, it just slowly, and I, I've written about it, I've written about it before in terms of how to read the Bhagavatam in a prayerful way. But I began to slowly, I just picked Trinata peace in each One should chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street, more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige and ready to offer and chanting it every morning. I'm pretty good. I was up, I did it in my bed. I was still laying there. So I got like 15 more minutes under the cover and it was in Govardhan. So it was cold when you get out of bed. I don't have central heating there. So I was chanting slowly and really meditating on what all these things mean, a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street. What does that mean? More talent than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige. And I just kept on chanting it at least for 15 minutes every morning. And then even when I usually get bored, like if I have to straighten up my room, completely bored, so I was just in my mind. Every time I was just chanting this verse, incorporating it. And I saw how challenged I was. How many times our ego becomes affronted in a day. <laughs> and how subtle and deep these things are. So it's there. And it's there on Indra. And he's really, you know, because he, he even his guru came in once, he didn't step, stand up. He didn't stand up. Destroyed his whole life. Because it, it, you, you develop that, the more things that you have under your control, the more you develop the Abhi ma the man man m long a and small a the pride the conception controller enjoyer you become attached you begin to see things as yours it has such a subtle that's why it's sometimes described reducing the the material fevers it's like when you have a fever, there's, there's a disease, you, you, you take the fever down. So the fever of material existence is the possessiveness you can have if you're not very, very careful. If you're not very, very careful to give charity and open your house to guests and do all the other things in the Vedic culture to kind of protect you from, from just being overwhelmed as a grihamedi of existing in envy of others because of my possessions, either that I have more of or I have less of. So it becomes so, so 
so bewildering. So bewildering. So he gets bewildered. And he orders the clouds of universal destruction. And they begin to torment the inhabitants by powerfully pouring down torrents of rain upon them. And it's described that the clouds can cover an entire earth with a single vast ocean. Like I say, I, I you know, our tragedies are personal. He did this to me, he did that to me. That's our tragedies. Of course, there's cancer, there's disease people have individually, but the shared devastation. So we had a little COVID, a little bit, but mostly the mind. Propelled by the fearsome wind gods, the clouds blazed with lightning bolts and roared with thunder as they hurled down hailstones. They're now these little simple villages, all of a sudden the ice is coming, the, the ocean is coming from the th thing. As the clouds release torrents of rain as thick as massive columns, the earth was submerged in the flood and high ground can no longer be distinguished from low. The cows and other animals shivering from excessive rain and wind and the coward men and ladies pained by the cold all approach Lord Govinda for shelter. Krishna, 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 hey. Krishna, 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 Rakshamam. Rama, Raghava, Rama, Raghava, Rama, And that this is our life. Our life is, 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 is completely a, a universal destruction. It's, it's just the way we are all our lives are this. It's for the same reason. So that we, 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 we can, it's kind of like the cowboy movie or something where someone goes crazy and then one cowboy goes like, slaps him in. I needed that to wake up from the torturous situation we're in that we've got used to, which is, which is going to give us death and disease, old age and death for sure. It's going to give us old age and death for sure. And we're wallowing in it and getting used to it. We're getting used to a situation that will kill us. Is there any wonder that Krishna turns up the heat? To jump out? Right? If Krishna doesn't turn up the heat, we don't jump out. We just live in our illusions. I'm the enjoyer. I'm the controller. And I always remember what Tabal Krishnamarad said. In the illusion that in the future, things will get better when they only get worse. <laughs> I'm still thinking it's going to get better next year. It had to be Marcha, Sparcha, Stakontia, Sitoshna, Sukaduka, Da, 
Agama Payano Nidya comes to teach us the non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress and their disappearance in due course of time. It's like the changing of the summer and winter seasons and one should learn to tolerate them. We have to learn these lessons. It's not that tragedy doesn't come. Okay, no, if tragedy doesn't come, it will come. Just like we had the, the passing of Kadambakana, which was extraordinary. And I saw it pretty peaceful, pretty fearless. But what does it take? And if you don't have that and you haven't practiced and you, you are attached, and uh, what is it? I described. If I lose my cell phone, would freak out. Oh my God. The, 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 the cell phone falls over like a cliff. You, you could risk your life to get it. And if you lost your cell phone, oh my God, all my numbers. And then we have this thing where we lose everything. We lose everything. If Krishna wants to turn up the heat, get serious now. Trust no future, however pleasant. Prabhupada said to us, when he was leaving the world, he, he saw his young disciples, don't think this won't happen to you. But Krishna sometimes liberates a whole country. That's why my parents' generation was called the great greatest generation. That's what they were known as, the greatest generation. Because they fought. You know, my father went to war, my uncles went to war. Willing to risk their lives with some ideals. Mine was the draft-dodging generation. The me generation. And the other names, Gen X, Millennials. It's got no character. <laughs> the coward men and women address the Lord. Krishna, Krishna, Mahabhaga, Tvamna, Tam, Gokulam, Prabho, Chatum, Arasi, Devam, Na, Kupatad, Bhaktavatsala. The coward men and women address the Lord. Krishna, Krishna, O most fortunate one, please deliver the cows from the wrath of Indra, O Lord. You are so affectionate to your devotees. Please save all of us. Save us. <coughs> With Bob. It's the way the world is. We don't call out to Krishna unless there's difficulty. Then we take shelter. And then we get some bob. We get some feeling. Unless someone is, is, is really realized and has can see the world through the eyes of Shastra, so they can actually see, see, see the reality of it. The Pashyati, the Pashyati, Pashyati, the Pashyati. Krishna 
Pashyati and Pashyati. Deha, body, what be a relative? Kalitvadishu, we, we, we have these soldiers that we think is going to protect us. Pesham, Pramata, Nina, but it's actually insane. It's an army that's never won. The army that of family and body is never protected anyway. You don't you see, but you don't see. You're seeing everything, you're seeing it. Everyone's died, everyone's father's died, father's father's grandfather. Yeah, my mother, you know, recently passed away. What does that mean? It means I'm next. Satyaraj's mother died at 103. See, so you hold it up. Now he's next. Krishna is affectionate. You're affectionate to your devotees. You're affectionate. Do you take shelter of Krishna? Seeing the inhabitants of his Gopul rendered practically unconscious by the onslaught of hail and blazing, blasting wind, the Supreme Lord Hari understood that this was the work of angry Indra. He saw the inhabitants practically unconscious from the hail and the blasting winds. I think we're all a generation of wimps. What would we do if we had to face real calamity? If we had to take up arms to defend our family, we have to put our life on the line. What would we do? The Acharyas give the analogy that a hungry person, the pain of hunger increases the happiness he feels when he finally eats excellent food. And thus, hunger can be said to enhance the pleasure of eating. Similarly, the residents of Vrindavan, although not experiencing ordinary material anxiety, felt the type of distress at the activities injured and thus intensified their meditation on Krishna. When the Lord finally acted, the result was wonderful. Sri Krishna said to himself, because we have stopped his sacrifice, <clears throat> Indra caused this unusually fierce, unseasonable rain together with terrible winds and hail. By mystic power, I will completely counteract this disturbance caused by Indra. Demigods like Indra are proud of their opulence and out of foolishness, they falsely consider themselves the Lord of the universe. I will now destroy such ignorance. Shri Madam, the pride to my ignorance. Anissi, Moja, 
out of foolishness. They falsely consider themselves out of foolishness. The Loka Ishva, they consider themselves out of foolishness. The Isha, the controller, Lokishra, they consider themselves a controller of everything out of foolishness. Okay, so the third line is all the world of God. Anisha, I shall defeat this, this madness, this pride of opulence and ignorance. Since the demigods are endowed with the mode of goodness, the false pride of considering oneself the Lord should certainly not affect them. When I break the false prestige of those bereft of goodness, my purpose is to bring them relief. It shouldn't affect them. When you're in goodness, you should have perception. You should not be reactive based on prestige and ego. This, this shouldn't happen. When it happens, I will crush their false prestige bereft of goodness. Bereft of goodness. Pure goodness has no pride. But material goodness has pride because you become you become proud of being more peaceful than other people. The material taint of Narada Muni is that he was attached to goodness. He was in the Himalayas. It was so peaceful. It leads to impersonalism. You're attacked. You, 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 you want peace. And therefore you want to eradicate everything else. Peacefulness. Bhakti is not peaceful. It's love. Love has drama. I must therefore protect the coward community by my transcendental potency. For I am their shelter, I am their master, and indeed they are my own family. After I have taken a vow to protect my devotees. So I think what I'm going to do is I'll probably... It kind of got juicy again today, this is Govard on Lila. So, Jaya, you could start if you have any reflection. Anybody could share any reflection or any question. Hey, Krishnamurai, thank you for class. Yeah, it got, um, got a little fire and brimstone today. <laughs> I love the... Uh, I love that you keep thinking it's going to get better, but it's not. I love, I love that. Um, and I love that what you said just at the end, that pure pure goodness has no pride. Everybody, um, pure goodness has no pride. I really love that point a lot. And we see that play out in the in the Leela. So I really, really appreciated the hardcore preaching today and, and that line, pure goodness has no pride. Thank you, Maraj. Okay. Anybody, Gail, you have any questions? Is Gail there? No, Gail's not there. 
I, I'm sure she must have arrived back from her ecstasy in um, her ecstasy in uh, um, college. She really was in ecstasy the whole time. Um, Okay, I'll just, yeah, go ahead, rather quickly. Good question. Yeah. At, at the beginning, you were talking, you started this, the Leela, you were talking about how the inhabitants of Raj were in distress and how they were really reaching out to Krishna. And then, and then you, from there, you went into explaining how, um, how the spiritual world is, or how the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world, and we can't relate yeah. to that distress. Now we do experience distress in that we reach out to Krishna. So can you elaborate a little bit on the difference between what they were experiencing and what we would be experiencing yeah. here? Yeah. Well, thank you. That was a good question. See, what I was trying to explain is that the spiritual world is beyond duality. So their distress it's real distress, but it has a quality of ecstasy that our distress does not have. It can't be the same level of suffering in the spiritual world. So I'm trying to kind of explain that it's a different kind of category. An analogy was given by maybe Vishwanath. Somebody gave the analogy how one thing has the opposite effect. So their distress, how can their distress have the, the opposite effect of happiness? Our distress doesn't have the opposite effect of happiness. The relief from it has the happiness, but the distress itself is not happy. But in there, the distress is happiness. So the only is dry ice, which burns even though it's cold. So it's something that has one effect and simultaneously has an opposite effect. So that's what they're describing. It's distress, but it's happiness. It's transcendental ecstasy. I always just, and I, I try to make it just as to, because I'm a philosopher. So I try to figure out things. So I try to figure out, you know, how do you explain that? And the point is, is a lot of things are just another dimension. Like, for example, there is God can't be subjected to time and space. Even Jai was discussing in his class, you know, if there's free will, then how could God know the future? Well, don't limit God. God could do, do everything. He, he can't be limited. And therefore, he can give free will and he can know what's happening at the same time. Because he's beyond time. What does it mean to be beyond time? God can't be subjected to time. But for us, that's impossible to conceive because time is absolute. So how can the future be understood? So it's just the fact of the matter. When you deal with God, then you throw off any conceptions of you throw off any conceptions of the 
limitations of, of the material energy? Thank you, that was a good question. Um, okay, we got three more minutes. Okay, um, I'll just tell you when I, I started my Monday morning greetings. And it's always a challenge every week. It comes out so simple, but it's always a challenge every week. And I'm discussing the point of rasa and tattva. Tattva means science, facts. And rasa means subjective experience. So Russ is more like, I'm discussing it in terms of the Shastra, that not everything has that objective view. And there's an interesting verse, if anyone can find it, I doubt you can. And what happens is I've studied so much and there's so many interesting things, but I never write things down. So they're lost, but I know they're there. There's an analysis in the Bhagavatam itself where it lists the lineage of the kings. And it describes that the dates may not be right. In the Bhagavatam, it says the dates may not be right. It's not that Krishna doesn't exist and Balaram doesn't exist and the kings don't exist. And it's an interesting fact. And the reason is, is because they're not concerned with history. They're concerned with liberation and bhakti. Why should they be, why should they waste their time in historical analysis? How's that gonna add to the, so there's a, there's a sense, there's a sense in Shastra that the reality of the Shastra is in relationship to the absolute truth in terms of liberation, in terms of devotion. And that's how it's, it, it's analyzed. Your husband's here now. So like, hey, Jeff, great to see you. Okay, enjoy you. Good, good. Enjoy your um, <laughs> enjoy your stay here in this little paradise. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It yeah. is. Yes, weather's great. Oh, the weather's always like this yeah. all year round. All year round, yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna finish here. Glad that's okay. Okay, great. Make sure he has some hot tea. Take care of your husband. Come on. Rada Priti, don't go transcendental here. Get, 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 get to your duty. This is just an example of how Krishna's will is not always hearing the Bhagavatam. I'm telling you, what? That hurts. Well, it's the truth. Thank you. Okay, Haribo. Okay. Anybody like to say hello? Hare Krishna, Maharaj. Hey, thank you very much for class. <laughs> yeah, hey, Bo. Yeah, it, it, just it's funny. There's one lady listening to the class, and her husband's not a devotee, so he's visiting here. So he, so he comes, right? So I tell her that, you know, the, the highest truth is not always listening to the Bhagavatam. <laughs> go take care of your, go take care of your husband. <laughs> 
Okay, it's great to see you, and it's great to see you sitting there with your books. <laughs> Thank you. It's you mentioned the challenge um, of the Monday morning greetings, and for sure, um, that challenge is part of what brings out your best. It is. It, it, it it's the joy of it. It's the joy of kind of watching Krishna work. <laughs> You know, I maybe even higher than um, you know, um, serving, um, listening to the husband is serving, listening to the wife. I think that's my <laughs> that's my experience. <laughs> Thank uh, you again. I, I was just making a practical point. You know, he, he, he's here in the ashram. He's never been here before. You know, go take care. Okay. All right, well, great. Thanks for hearing the class. And I, I like how you're hearing the class now because you never on Wednesday before. So, so now in this, and, and you're actually looking quite healthy. So it, <laughs> it, it must be good. Okay, Haribo, thank Haribo. you so much. Thank you. One day you have to come here with, 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 with your wife. It's, She'd it's love beautiful. to. Thank you. Okay, Haribo. Anybody else like to say hello? Hey, Krishna Gurmash, Slogavinda. And Braja, thank you for the class. class. Great, great. We'll, we'll, I hope we'll see you on that, that second. We'll yes. have a great time. Yes. And even Raghunath may come down to pick me up. So maybe. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. they, he'll be there because I'll just stay for a few days because it's a good time to go up to Super Soul now before things happen. I'll visit up there. And then right. I'll be in my favorite place, New Jersey, for the rest of the summer. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> we can't wait. <laughs> okay. Anybody else say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Krishna Amrita. Thank you very, very much for this wonderful class. Thank you very much for this wonderful class. This is Krishna Amrita. Yeah. Hi, Krishna. Nice to see you. Thank you. Arivo. Anybody else like to say hello? Great to see you. Amala, Hare Krishna. It's so great from, from Israel, from Russia. Good. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. This is Melissa from Bogota. Melissa, we miss you. We miss you too. <laughs> I'm so happy that we can share in the retreat and I hope to see you soon in the next one here in Colombia. Okay, just keep the whole thing in your heart and keep those lessons and try to make Thank your you, deep time, deep space, I and deep work. Okay, hi, Krishna, good to Thank see you. Thank you. Okay. okay, anybody else like to say hello? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Surya here. Wow, you're in the paradise of your place. <laughs> the weather is very good, Maharaj. Wow. Thank That's you your backyard, much. huh? Yes, yeah. this is our yard. Front yard, actually, not backyard. Yeah. Front yard, okay. Haribo. Nice yeah, to see both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Maharaj. Anybody else? Anybody else say hello? 
Okay. Okay, let me just look. I see all the nice people in the class. Okay. Hari, 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 bro. Hari, 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 bro.